0: The sharks get their heart ripped out by the Ottawa Senators and the CUDA gets swept. So all that and more on today's episode. You're Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Probably part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day, even on a Sunday. Um, so uh, we a little bit different schedule this week, especially with the Sharks playing like three and four in early schedule. So we wanted to get a, a Sens game out. recap out now that way it's still fresh you're not kind of two games behind by the time we get through the hopefully we get through the sabers game so um if you want to be an everydayer though all you have to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on youtube as well and the sharks showed some signs of life maybe ish or maybe they just took advantage of a poor goaltending um and the KUDA gets swept so Another rough weekend of hockey uh, for San Jose is just the whole organization is still trying to kind of figure things out. So before we get into these uh, insane sharks Sens game, of course, we'll talk about the ending of the game um, and then get into the CUDA. do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you guys by FanDuel. Uh, make Every moment matters more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit fandora.com slash locked to get started. So, um, the Sharks lose in excruciating uh fashion, giving up the game winning goal with like three seconds left to uh Vladimir Tarasenko. Terasenko still in the year of our Lord 2024, still uh, Causing havoc to the sharks, um, I'll never forgive um, EA or whoever for picking Vladimir Tarasenko over Joe Pavelski uh, for the cover of, of uh, NHL a couple several years ago. Um, still, he's on the list. He's on. I'm like Steve Buscemi with the list in the background. Vladimir Tarasenko. Um even if it's just for that, I just wanted a Joe Pavelski uh, cover anyway. So. Excruciating fashion, Um, but if you're driving the tank, perfect, perfect execution there Uh, to lose in regulation, not get any points and continue to have your three-point buffer between you and Chicago. But um, I think the big thing about this game is I think this is a preview of kind of what to expect from the Sharks, right? Um, The big talking point out of San Jose and, you know, just how and how terrible the short schedule has been for the first half of the season and now for the second half of the season is going to be much easier um you're going to be playing teams at the bottom more in your weight class right um bottom of the rankings kind of or bottom of the standings you're going to be playing you know your chicago's your ottawa's your you know anaheim's all these other kind of bad teams right um but in this game and we'll get to the numbers here in a little bit. Ottawa still dominated the Sharks, and if it wasn't for leaky goaltending by the Sens, like this game would could have easily been like six to one in favor of the Sens. Because um, again, it's not like the Sharks had some huge um, shots and stuff. Like the shot uh, shots on goal were f- uh, thirty-eight to or sorry, forty-one to eighteen. Like the Sharks only managed to get eighteen shots on goal on this. The, the worst team in the Eastern Conference in Ottawa. And I know Ottawa is an offensive team, right? That's how they, they're kind of built is they're going to rely on their guys like Kachuk and Sutzel and all their young guys to kind of carry the load um, and basically just try to outscore you, right? Just kind of the Edmonton Oilers of the East. Um, that's kind of their model right now. And, yes, they have some very good uh, guys on, you know, with Shabbat and, you know, like uh, chicker and they have great, you know defenders but they're still their goaltending is has been a mess right you know this team is if just as bad as the sharks right trying to find goaltending you know look at matt murray you look at you know like they've just been kind of in the weeds trying to find goaltending and again uh glass houses sharks fans etc etc um we've been in the same boat right um but if if the the Defense, I think, was in was a huge issue, and they, credit to the Sharks, they took advantage of the opportunities they got. Right in the second period, they had four shots on goal, and they scored two on the four. Um, that's not sustainable, but the defense has. Continues to be leaky and you see, especially with Ty Emerson, Ty Emerson is almost becoming like the Sharks Jenga piece. If you don't know kind of the Jenga theory, Dave Damoshek, a uh, great football podcaster, he has this theory um, of of the one piece that you can't pull out before the whole thing collapses, right? Um, and yes, in, in football, it's always easy to point to the quarterback, but that one like non-quarterback player, like... And you like Ty Emerson is you're kind of seen right. Emerson is out of the lineup again. Um, they had to play Mark Edward classic and the defense just was a mess, right? How many just guys left wide open by themselves against the Sens. Um, and it's weird that Ty Emerson is kind of becoming this super important player. And Emberson, you know, I think he's going to be a really good uh, defenseman, but um, he's been here for, you know, four months five months now uh with a waiver claim and he's look how important he's become and you know i still think a lot of the the young defensemen there's a lot of promise with them you know with uh Emerson, with Thrun. i think addison's been really up and down oh Chuck seems like he's a little bit in the doghouse right now but um how important these young guys are to continually get better um because some of these you know vlasic was yes vlasic scored congratulations for scoring but vlasic was was not great uh, on on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me. Um you know, it's just it's this defense just constantly leaving the goaltenders in just hung out to dry. And Mackenzie Blackwood played really well despite um, you know, the shot attempts, et cetera, et cetera. Like we'll get into to um Blackwood's numbers. You know, I mean I know that he gave up five goals, but like It was a shooting barrage, especially the final two minutes. Right, it felt like it was five on five, and it felt like the Sens had their goalie pulled. Like it felt like a six on five situation, uh, because the Sharks just could not kind of win a a battle there. And like the Sens, they won that game because of their ability to kind to, to control the puck and play offense and keep the, the Sharks on their, you know, kind of hemmed in their own zone the Sharks unable to get a clear. Um, I don't know why Mark Vlasic, and Mario Ferraro both out there at the same time. Um, I'll take Mario Ferraro. And if you want to put out Thrun or whoever, like that's fine. Like we saw Thrun play really well at the end of a game situation when the Sharks <laughs> won their, uh, beat the, the Canadians on thursday why is Thrun not back back out there at the end of the game like he's easily one of your best defensemen um, at this point and has been good at these shutdown situations um you know the sharks literally just went through this on thursday yes they gave up a goal in that situation but in a five minute situation of being down by two kind of the same shooting gallery this time on monday or on saturday my days are all screwed up right now on saturday um plastic and far out there for a good chunk of the end and they end up giving a goal up and it's just like henry throne is is he's part of your future and i i'm i worry i understand if maybe you worry you don't want to do the same thing that the sharks end up doing to mario Ferraro, where you just literally have nobody else but i think the sharks have some other guys right and again i know Emerson's hurt right now um but I think that they've got some reinforcements coming defensively. I think some of these other young defenders have played well. And I would rather give them these valuable learning experiences that if you screw up now, cool. You screw up now in a lost season, but then you're kind of building and learning on these experiences. That way, when, you know, in a couple of years when the games actually mean something, in Henry Thrun, Ty Amberson, Oh-Chuck, um, you know, hopefully Shakira Mukumadulan they built on these experiences of how to close down games, right? And the CUDA have not had much luck closing down games uh, as we'll get to them here in a little bit, um, you know, kind of shutting the door on games, but the, these are valuable experiences to learn kind of like, how do you, how do you close a team out when they're given everything they have? Um, and it's, it's an onslaught, right? It is, it is an onslaught at the end and the sharks failed, not only did they lose the game, but they also lost an opportunity for some of these young players to gain that valuable experience. So, um, yeah, just, you know, it's it's one of those. So we'll see what happens on Monday uh, if this game is – sounds like this game didn't get played in Buffalo. Uh, I know this uh, – as I'm recording this at, at lunchtime now on Sunday afternoon, it's – and. The Sharks are still stuck in Ottawa with a game that's getting played at noon Eastern time. Um, so it's 3 p.m. Eastern time right now, and it's noon. Uh, the game's played at noon Eastern time, Buffalo. Um, it sounds like the airport is opening up. I would expect them to get in, but this has scheduled loss written all over because uh, the Sharks are going to be probably getting there and then having to turn around and play a game in you know 18 hours or something like that. And I... I this this game just has scheduled loss written all over it because um yeah i just i think the travel and then have to turn around and leave and to get to chicago for the next day uh especially with buffalo's yeah with, with what's going on with, with buffalo and the weather right now has scheduled loss written all over it so um we'll talk about what the number said look at how kind of dominant the sends were in this game and then we'll talk about the CUDA here um at the end of the show so we'll get all to that in just one second The NFL season, regular season is over, but the playoffs are here and there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use and there's so many different ways to bet, like live, same game parlays. Find bets um, in their new Explore tab. You can kind of see what other people are doing. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find the most popular parlays. So, again, if you want to jump in on the crowd, see what they're betting or if maybe you're like, the crowd is an idiot, let me fade them. Maybe pick some of the opposite parlays. Um, you can do all that and more. So visit Fandle.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fandle, official partner of the NFL. All right, um, so let's get into the numbers. Before we do get into the numbers, um, shout out to uh, at Princess Goalie on Twitter. Sent me the uh, the Sharks women's uh, Bay Area FC uh, hockey jersey. Um, it is very nice. I'm very excited to wear this bad boy. But shout out to Princess Goalie. Um, go follow her. Um, insane amount of tweets. Very much a volume shooter. Uh, but she's great. So um, anyway. Let's get into the numbers for this game. So, again, um, the Sens dominated at 5v5. Um, Shot attempts, Corsi 4, 78 to 35 in favor of the Sens. 69.03 to 30.97 Corsi 4, again, in favor of the Sens. Um, 36 to 15 shots for 36 to 20 scoring chances. So, again, the Sharks had more scoring chances than they had actual shots. So... Interesting there, uh, 17 to 10 high danger chances in favor of the sends, uh, 3.86 to 2.17 expected goals for in favor of the sends. So, um defense was very much optional in this game we saw that on both sides of, of of you know um a lot of just open you know you look at like the kevin LeBanc goal. like you knew that was going in because kevin LeBanc was all by himself and as much as you know kevin LeBanc is you know very much uh a talking point for sharks fans uh the dude doesn't miss from there like the dude can shoot and you knew that was going in but just how often were some of these goals just contributed to just guys being left wide open and the poor goalies had no no chance so sharks very much continuing their uh quality over quantity approach um in this game and they almost pulled it off especially like i said in that second period where they had four shots on goal and they scored on two of them um the heat map is insane it's just like a it almost looks like, for the Sens, it looks like one of those sunfish, which my wife loves, that, like, kind of really ugly where it's, like, a big old... Yeah, that's kind of look, what it looks like. The Sens just shot from any time they got the puck. They, they tried to shoot um, and just get as many pucks on net. um And it worked out for them. So as for the actual lines, um so for the Sharks forward lines, we had uh, the same lines that we saw again on um uh, from from the Montreal game so we had Eklund, Granlin, Duclair Zadelin Hurdle, Zadina Barabanov, cunning Bailey Hoffman Carpenter and then Labank and uh woof all around um again when you're getting out shot the way that they they did um Again, shot attempts for 35 to 78. You're going to see some ugly numbers here. The uh, Grandland line, 1349, had four shot attempts, gave up 23. Actual shots on goal was 3 to 7. Did have a goal, gave up a goal. Expected goal for was 0.34 to 0.72. So, again, quality over quantity. 3 to 14 scoring chances, 2 to 5 high danger chances, uh zero six eight, so a lot of defensive zone starts, which again, when you're that spending how much time in the zone, you're gonna have a bajillion defensive zone start so not a uh, it was a tough tough game for for that line, at least getting hemmed in their own zone and this is a theme that's going to continue here. The Zetlin Hurdle Zadina line played 1207, 5 to 15 shot attempts, 1 to 8 actual shots. Uh, had a goal, gave up a goal. Um, 0.06 expected goals, 4 to 0.88. Um, so that line was just as bad. Um, 3 to 7 scoring chances, 0 to 5 high danger chances, 1 5 11 defensive zone starts. Makes sense with those zone starts with Hurdle, as how good he is on the faceoff dot, um, getting him out there to try to win as many of those as he can. The barabanov Banoff Bailey line, though, um, not too bad. 852, 10 to 15 shot attempts. Um, actual shots was two to eight again. Not too bad relative to the other lines. 0.24 to 0.64 expected goals for uh three to five scoring chances, zero to three high danger chances. Uh did not have a goal, but gave up a goal. Um, and then they had one one, one offensive zone, one neutral zone. So a lot of on the fly starts for them. Then the Hoffman Carpenter LeBanc line uh, played 749, three to 15 shot attempts, <laughs> one to eight actual shots, had a goal, gave up a goal, 0.08 to 0.58 expected goals, four, uh one to eight <laughs> scoring chances, and then one to three high danger chances uh, with uh, two and four zone starts. Again, Carpenter is not too bad on, on the faceoff dot himself. So, um Yeah, the line, the four line just got like, again, when you're getting outshot that heavily, it is hard to as a team, it's hard to kind of pull anything. So I'm curious to see. We don't know when Couture is going to be back Um, at the he's on the road trip. But I I would expect, especially with because they play Tuesday and they don't play again until Saturday against the Ducks. um, I kind of think. Give him that, you know, basically another week to kind of get ready and prepare and you get some actual practices in. Um the sharks can actually have like real practices here, you know, on on kind of uh I assume they'll probably have like Wednesday off, but Thursday, Friday have like real practices. Um, I would assume that's kind of maybe the date, right? You kind of circle that date, let Kotor get in then and then kind of try to figure things out. So um, but yeah, sharks continually get just getting the sends dominated this game, um, and if it wasn't for goal tending that they've been struggling with, um, it would have been worse. So um, let's see. Defensively, Henry Thrun was the, in terms of shot attempts, Henry Thrun was the uh, best player or best defenseman. 16-18, uh, Corsi 4, so 47%. Uh, Ruda was 16-20, 44% was 20 to 44 31.25 um Hochuk was five to 17 22 percent classic nine for, and 39 18 and then uh, addison was four uh 19 um 17 percent so yeah uh tough day for the uh the there so for the at 5v5 um mackenzie blackwood Play had 36 saves on 41 shots, five goals against four seven expected goals. So, you know, maybe could have saved an extra goal here, but again, I think there was a, I would not pin this loss on Mackenzie Blackwood. Um 878 save percentage, um, seven high danger saves on nine high danger shots, six mid danger saves on nine mid danger shots, and then twenties, uh low danger saves on twenty low danger so- shots. So um the Sens kind of did whatever they wanted in this game. And um yeah, 5v5 the sharks struggled to kind of keep keep up with the Sens and um I they I know the Sens have struggled a lot this year, um, but I mean, they have a lot of offensive talent and they kind of want to play an offensive style game. And they did that to the sharks and um, you know, they hung around as best they could, but when, you know, you at the end of the game, right. um, The Sens, when they needed a goal, they were able to rely on their guys to get a goal and that's how they, they kind of won the game there. So uh, let's get into the Barracuda game uh, or weekend and, and talk about um, how the season might be uh, just about over for the Barracudas. So we'll get into all that here in just one second. All right. Um, if you, want to go check out a game you want to go see a warriors game Maybe you want to go see the niners uh playoff game or maybe you want to go to a sharks game but you want to get tickets uh, that's where you need to check out game time they have the killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and the best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets um, i love being able to see what your seats are going to be like right there's nothing worse than getting there and realizing you have bad seats Actually, the only thing worse than realizing your bad seats is when you go to checkout and they slam a bunch of fees on you. Game time doesn't do that. They have all their prices showing you your total upfront so you know exactly what you're gonna pay when you go to checkout. They're obsessed with finding ways to save you money on tickets. So they have like flash deals. They have uh, deals on tickets right to the start of the event, even after the event starts. So even if you're a procrastinator, you can still get um, Great prices on seats. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, um, and then the Barracuda. Losing both games to the Bakersfield had another home and home. I kind of like the home and home in Bakersfield. So Friday night they played in uh, San Jose, um, got out to a 1-0 lead, gave up three goals, scored a goal to kind of make uh, at the end to kind of put some lipstick on the pig. But um, as usual, it has come down to special teams with the Barracuda. And it was no different on Friday night um, as the Barracuda gave up uh Two power play goals and a shorthanded goal. Um, yeah. Right there. Uh, when their power play, so Baker's power play went two to f- uh, four. Barracudas went over two. Um, and then you give up a shorthanded goal on top of that. So you basically like, yeah, that's, you went minus one on on your power play. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been, you know, is this inconsistency with with, with their special teams. Um, you know, I thought it was a very back-and-forth game for the most part watching it. Um, but Bear, the Bakersfield was able to, to kind of take advantage of those opportunities, and the Cuda have not. And the, I think the, you know, the big thing with the Barracuda this year is if it's not... Gushin, who had another goal on um on uh Saturday night. Um, so yeah, he's now up to thirteen goals and thirty points. Um, if it's not Gushin, if it's not Kavanke, um, who is it? And, you know, I think Ethan Cardwell has been playing really well, but again, I think he's still he's not a a play driver quite yet. That's that's fair right for rookie um, you know kind of a mid-round pick like it's not fair to expect him to kind of come in and drive play right away but he has been scoring but if it's not these guys who is it right you know you look at um, you know Tristan Robbins who I know he's missed half the season you know the first half of the season um, but he has a point in in 10 games and Tristan Robbins is was supposed to be a huge producer for for the, the Barracuda this year um, Brandon Coe started the season really well it's been very quiet as of like, you know, Jacob Peterson, who was, you know, a, a kind of borderline NHL NHL guy just hasn't had the season that we expected out of him this year, you know, in 23 games, he has 13 points and I know he's, you know, kind of dealt with some, some injuries. Um this season, but uh, like you expected him to be you know a a kind of a much big much more of a contributor. That's the problem. They just had not found consistency offensively um you know and again if it's not Gushin, if it's not Gavanke, and you know Mukamadoulan's been been chipping in too um who else is it for for the Barracuda and it's they just have don't have the answers down again i know Borlo has been hurt um it sounds like Ozzy might be done for the year pretty close with meniscus surgery on his knee um you know that that's you're looking at several you know months i would be surprised if the Barracuda season kind of continues to go the way it's going i'd be surprised if ozzy's back i think that maybe you just kind of shut him down and let him heal all the way um that way he can be ready for next season um but yeah with, with that you know those type some of these guys that we expected for the barracuda to be big contributors just have not been big contributors for them and i think that's been a huge that's been a huge problem for them like um you know you look at like bakersfield their big guys scored for them this weekend. Um, you know, you, you look at, um, uh, like Dylan Holloway, like he had a power play goal, like he was all over the ice, you know, um, like they, their Philip Roberg, who's been a big part of, of, what, um, what their you know, kind of their future. He, he's continuing to kind of add you know, add points in for them. Um, but the shark there, sorry, the Barracuda just aren't getting enough out of their guys right now, other than your mainstays, right? Daniel Gushen and Gushin's going to be playing NHL games some point at this season because he's played really well and you can see how he's continuing to kind of develop his game. Um, And Leo Gavanke, who should be playing NHL games at some point too, because he's been done everything you've wanted from him this year. And he's been a great addition for the Barracuda. And I, I I think you should, same way you've rewarded like a Scott Sabrin. Um, you know, you kind of reward some of these guys. Leon Gavanke should get rewarded and get to play some NHL games this year. And um, I would really, really like to see the Sharks re sign him and give him an, a real opportunity to, or op- not a real, but an opportunity to play in the NHL next year, especially if the blue line looks much different. Uh, we kind of expect the blue line to look a lot different going into next season. Um, depending on if Mario Fargo trade, I don't think Mark Edward Plastic's going to be back. Um, you know, if Matt Benning's a little bit slow, get recovering from his en- injury, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I think Leon Kavanke has shown a lot in the AHL. and has been a big contributor in there, and I think you should, uh, and again, he's only 24. It's not like he's some old man or something like that. Like, I think he should get an opportunity to play some NHL games here. At the end of the season, I'd love to see him back in the Sharks organization next year because, uh, again, I think he can be such a – either continue to dominate in the AHL and then if you need him to play NHL games, I would love to see that. But um, another big kind of interesting takeaway was Magnus Crona got both starts uh, with E2 Macanemay backing up. So Georgie Romanoff is down in Wichita right now playing with the Thunder. Um, Right, Usually on back-to-backs you see like – you you know you, you especially on back to backs where Corona will start and then McAnemy start the other one. Interesting. I wonder. You just you wonder if maybe McAnemy's maybe dealing with something. Maybe he was ill. I didn't catch all. You know, I didn't listen to the pregame broadcast. But if if there was something there um with McAnemy, if he was just kind of ill and there as a backup, but um interesting there, right? Especially because you if you. Go and you trade a Capo Cacken or, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. You kind of assume McAnemie is going to be the guy who's ready, going to be kind of stepping in and playing NHL games. And, um, just interesting that he didn't get a start this weekend. So, uh, could have a busy schedule. Um, this week, they're heading over to Charlotte to play the checkers. That's over in North Carolina, uh, in the middle of the week. And then, um, this week, next weekend, they're going to be, uh, playing in, uh, uh, playing in Colorado when they play the Eagles, so. Um, but for the Barracuda, right now, it's it's getting very very late um, for them as um, they are now sitting pulling up the standings right now. They're seeing dead last in the Pacific. Uh, a yeah, they're basically uh, eight points out of a playoff spot right now. Um, and Bakersfield has game, multiple games in hand. Who are they're eighth right now? Um, Colorado has a game in hand. Um, like, yeah, it's it's getting very late for for the Barracuda to kind of turn things around here because. So that's just disappointing because you kind of hope that this team would really turn things around, and it's it's been. You know, it's it's been a disappointing season, I, I would say, especially because of the talent you thought that they had going into this this year, and um, just kind of what they have not been able to do. I mean, they've scored goals, but it feels like it's either they're scoring one goal or they're scoring six goals, and just haven't seen enough consistency. And the goaltending slash defense has um, not been. They've given up the third most goals this season in the entire AHL. Uh basically only uh Lovell and Rochester have given up more goals than them. They've given up 126 goals this year. So while scoring 106. So that, that's kind of where this is uh, yeah. That's where why you know you, you can't win games like that when you're just giving up a bajillion goals. So um so yeah, that's gonna be it for me today. So uh, we'll have another episode tomorrow. Probably Monday, as soon as I can get one out Monday after the the Sabers game, um, and then we'll be back after the uh, Chicago game. So plenty of good stuff coming up here, and then um, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, we'll be kicking off our draft coverage with our good friend, Tony Ferrari. He's going to, we're going to nice overview of the 2024 draft. So going to start kicking this off in earnest uh, and get this, this bad boy ready. So um, make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram at LockonSharks. on sharks. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at my fryhole. until tomorrow. Bye friends.